John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You're in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. We thank you, our heavenly God, our Father, for this day, for your goodness that has given us a new life, a new year, a new month, all because you have an assignment for us. We trust that you will help me share your word in ways that we can understand and apply, and above all, that we'll live to fulfill our divine assignment and purpose. This I pray and I ask for in Jesus, our Lord and Savior's name. Amen. I have been around builders for a very long time. When people are building, whether it's a small house or a big house, or they are doing something, I like to be with them watching their construction. And I've come to learn that foundations are very important. If you do not lay a good foundation, your building will not be right. I've also learned that as a human being, if your child does not start right by learning the right things, eating the right food, learning the right behavioral patterns, their life may be faulty. And even you, as a child of God, if you are not trained to pick up the good things, you may end up with the bad things. So when God gives you another year, because you are alive, I hope you reflect on why you are still alive and what can I do right. Jesus was God's gift to the world. He is still God's gift to the world. But there are a lot of things we can learn from him. And when I was reading the Bible and I just saw some of those clues, it amazed me that all this are tucked up in the hidden, in the written word of God, and we can learn a number of them. I've put down 10. I don't like listing things, but I think for the purpose of learning, I've put down about 10 of them, and we'll learn from them. Now, Jesus was born to Mary and Joseph. But Jesus had a naming ceremony. He, they did what was customarily right. He was born, and so he had to have a name. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. So Jesus fitted into a culture, a well-mannered child. The parents knew what they were supposed to do and they did it for this child. You see, there are some of us who, excuse me to say, just impregnate people. One of the things that breaks the heart of every parent or should break the heart of every government, every church, every leader, are children of children. It is becoming such a bad, bad, bad thing in our nation that when people are bored, then they take to sex, and sex has become something that is playful, a plaything. So children, JHS, SHS, are giving birth. People are giving birth. Parents, men, running away from the women. Women are raped. Women are prostituting themselves 
and giving birth to children and don't take good care of them. But I'm telling you this. That is not God's divine way. Jesus was born in a home. He was born properly. The parents were married properly. Even when Mary became pregnant, Joseph said, I will stay with my wife. And he stayed with her, took care of her. And when that child was born, the first thing they did was to make the child fit into the custom and the tradition of their people. He was circumcised. He was named Jesus, the name that was given to him even before he was born. They didn't say, oh, this is our child. He was born through prophecy. He was born because of the announcement of angels. He fitted into the culture, the right foundation. Second, they had traditions that they were supposed to follow, and they followed those traditions. When it was time for their purification and offering, as was required by the law of Moses, after the birth of a child, his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So they moved from Bethlehem, and they moved to Jerusalem. Can you see order? Order here. That's why people like us as Baptists, we do not believe in baptizing children. We believe in dedicating them to the Lord. Baptism, we see it as an outward sign of an inner change. But we see that there are rites that are performed. We are not Jews, so we do not perform Jewish rites. But there was a time to do something. It was a time for their purification offering, as required by the law of Moses. So they did that, and they grounded that child, and they took that child, they didn't say that child is God's child, that child is above tradition, it's above culture. No. They did what they were supposed to do. They circumcised the child, purification of the childbirth was done, and the last but not the least, the child was dedicated to the Lord. So you read, if a, if the law says this, the law of Moses says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they followed that tradition. They went and dedicated the child to the Lord. Jesus was dedicated to the Lord as a baby boy by Joseph and Mary. My dear Christian friends, there are many of us who are growing in the church because we are Christians. We are careless about following traditions, even godly ones, but not Jesus, not Mary, not Joseph. They knew who they are giving birth to, but they followed that tradition. May the Lord grant you that understanding that if you want to start right, you must learn from Jesus. He humbled himself. The parents were obedient. They conformed to the will of God, and God blessed them. But there was something even more amazing. That Jesus, when we, when we see how they did what they did, we find out that this tradition in the law of Moses was a tradition or the custom that they performed was performed for poor people. If you read verse 24, so they offered the sacrifice required in the law, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. What that means simply is this. If you're a student of the Bible, you can check it out. There are many things that are prescribed for people to do. Leviticus 12, 8 says, if you cannot afford it, 
as a parent to dedicate and sacrifice to the Lord, do something. What do you do? Either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So they offered the sacrifice that the law required. Jesus, the third thing I learned was that God's child was born to a poor family. A poor family was chosen to bear God's son. His birth status was not a disadvantage. Your birth status is not a disadvantage. If that is God's will for you, you didn't have any choice in choosing your parents, those who gave birth to you, whether they are educated or uneducated, whether they've gone to school or they have money, they don't have money, what they're supposed to do, they offer it and you receive it. You don't, be, you don't become embarrassed and deny your parents. You are speaking, somebody is coming, so this, you say, oh, this is my aunt, this is my sister, this is this, denying even your parents. Not Jesus. They were poor. It didn't change anything about him. A child who was born to poor parents is now worshipped and adored by many. And those parents took the time to lay the right foundation. Let me ask you, parents, are you laying the right foundation? Maybe you didn't get a good foundation, and that's why you are going wayward. But I tell you, with the new year, you can ask God, Lord, help me to start right and do right. Because Jesus started right, and he did the right thing. But tell God also, Lord, when I get that chance, when I get married properly, when I have that child properly, teach me from these scriptures what I ought to do to lay a solid foundation for my child, for my children, for the generation that you've given me. Jesus started right. He was a young boy who started right, knowing the will of God, doing the will of God, and doing what God expected of them with the help of his parents. Friends, every child needs the love of parents. And by parents, in the biblical sense of the word, it is a man and a woman. The Bible teaches us clearly, sociologists have taught it, psychologists teach it, that men and women have different characteristics in the way they train their children. A man and a man cannot raise a child the way a man and a woman can. Women and women cannot raise children the way a man and a woman can. No, it's meant to be the opposite. If for some reason, you are a single parent. My heart goes out for you. But may God grant you to be that responsible man or that responsible woman as a single parent who is raising your child. God himself grant you grace. But as much as possible, the Lord's plan is that a man and a woman should raise their child in the knowledge and in the fear, in the love of God. Will you say amen to that? But we see something else about Joseph and Mary and how they treated the young child, Jesus. They brought the child to the temple to be trained. They brought him there, and he was there learning. You see, there are people that in my own life have seen it. God has blessed them. They have money. Oh, they have a good home. They have a good education. So they don't train their children with any culture, with any finesse. Their children don't do anything. 
They are served by even adults. They don't respect these adults. They will kick them, they will insult them, and the parents will just lie. A friend was telling me a story recently. There was a child who went and took somebody's money. And when he took the money, she hid it in her pocket. And she went and sat near the mother. The person came, who took my money? Who took my money? The child arranged the face squarely and didn't even bat an eye. They thought the mother being there would rebuke the child. She didn't say anything. When the woman left, he said, hey, my child, you are strong, oh. So he took this money, and the woman came. You didn't even bat an eye, or you'll be a strong girl. Wow. May God have mercy on that woman. May God have mercy on that child for condoning stealing from a child. Train up the child the way she should go, and when she will go, she will never depart from it. She will become a clever thief, stealing everything, including stealing from you. Don't train up a child in a way that you know is wrong. If even you were brought up wrongly, don't do that, because you are affecting and infecting the next generation. But we look, and we see that Jesus was taken to the temple. Young as Jesus was, the boy was taken to the temple, it was there that they recognized that this boy must be something else. This boy must have some gifts that the father may have given him. Say, so look, what happened? They took him to the temple as was their habit year after year, year after year. And when they got there, they found something in verses 41 and 42. Look at Luke 2, 41 and 42. Now read that one. You see it. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. The parents made sure that they took their child to the temple to worship God, to know God, and to love them. Parents, it is your duty, it is my duty to take my child to the temple. Again, as a pastor, I can see people who pass on their responsibility to the church. Yeah, the church is there to train children, but it is your responsibility to be with the child at home, teaching them the knowledge and the love of God, how to live for God, how to tell the truth to descend between right and wrong. Let me ask you, how many hours at all can a child spend in God's house? A young child. Four hours, five hours? No. Children spend more time at home, at school, at play, than they spend in the church. And if you, the parent, you neglect your child at home, if you, parent, you don't take any interest in what they do at school, and suddenly, you put the pressure on the church. How much can the church offer? By all means, the church will try to offer what they can. But look at this. It says, every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. They did. But it was every year. Even if it's once a year, it was only once a year. If it's once a week, go. The rest of the foundation comes from you. And you ought to do it. Faithfulness and worship. It's a good thing parents must do with their children. There are some 
some people who say, church is for children. So you drop your child here. Pastor, Sunday school teachers, take care of my child. And then you go to drink beer, to drink wine, to follow men, to follow women, to gamble, to smoke, to dance, to call all the things that you want to do. And you want the child to learn the right things by watching your behavior. Start right. Starting right, Jesus taught us the lesson. He was learning those lessons from the father. He saw the faithfulness of the parents and he lived by the lessons that the parents taught him as a good Jew. And every year, he learned all those things. And by the time he was 12 years old, and that is the age by which Jewish people become, they are looked upon as a man. By 12, a Jewish young boy is considered a man. By 12, he was considered a man. And he had learned these things because from birth, they had laid a foundation. Every year, they continued to send him to the temple. And by 12, I would say he had almost graduated from learning some of these things. It was then that we see something else. His faithfulness, his industry, his messiahship was becoming more and more apparent by the interaction he was having. They could, they could sense, the parents could see the taste that he had, the passion that he had for God. So we see that he also had, he was a child who had social connection. If you read verses 43 to 45, you see some strange story there. When we read it, because we do not understand their culture, it's strange for us to grapple with. It says, after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed that he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. Yes, again, yes, a culture that you must understand. Maybe in the African village, you understand it. Maybe before we started building homes and building walls to separate neighbor from neighbor, the saying was common. It takes a whole village to raise a child. It takes a whole town to raise a child. The fifth thing we learned about Jesus was that he had social development. He was a normal child who interacted with other, other children, playing dice, playing ludo, maybe sometimes even joining the girls to play ampe. He was a normal child. The parents left and went home, and they thought he was following the crowd. Everybody was everybody's child. That's how people were taught to grow. Not this selfish life that we lead these days. Your child has a toy, it is his toy, it is her toy, it is this and that. They won't share with anybody, not the Jewish child. That's not the type of lifestyle Jesus lived. It was only in the evening when they had gathered, he wasn't in their caravan, that they realized, oh, this boy was not there. In the African village, a child can go to an aunt, an uncle, and eat here and drink here. Unless your parents say, don't go here, don't go there. But that's a normal social development. Then you become conscious of others. You learn to share. You see, when they talk about the golden rule, love your neighbor as yourself, then you begin to see that when you were young, people helped you. So when you're also grown, you help people. When people are grown, as a young person, you help carry their bag, carry their luggage. So for them, it was normal. When they are traveling back home, Maybe they saw an elderly person and they were buckling under the weight of their luggage. A child would say, Grandma, can I help you? And they'll help. You see, when we were growing up, 
if you enter the bus, yes, you paid as a child. But when you see an adult, oh, can I give you my seat? Yes, the adult will say, thank you. Simple courtesies, showing that you are a social being. That's how Jesus grew up. Shall we look at our lives again and stop any type of selfishness? Say, Lord, how can I be a worthy ambassador? And particularly those of us who say we are Christians. You see, the Bible tells us, let your light so shine before men and women that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Yes, he is in heaven. But how would they see? Is the light that is shining within you as a child, as a man, as a woman, they will see it and give glory to God. Start right and start with Jesus. Do you have some goals for living in society, living among your neighbors, or do you just go to them because it's time to invite them to church, it's time to do this, or you have a relationship with them? This is what sometimes we refer to as, as lifestyle evangelism. You live in front of your neighbors, their concern is your concern. You weep with those who are weeping. You mourn with those who are mourning. You rejoice with those who are rejoicing. You are a social being. And Jesus was such a social being. The sixth characteristic we see of Jesus growing up was that his knowledge was surprising. Verses 46 and 47 tells us something about him. When the parents were wondering where he was, verse 46, three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Hallelujah. Oh, so the parents may have gone halfway and realized Jesus was nowhere to be found, and they traveled all the way back. And where did they find him? Not at the beach, not at the beer bar, not at the club, not in the den of thieves, not with liars, they found him in the temple, engaging the scholars, discovered, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Hallelujah. There was something already in that child, something that was coming out at the age of 12. He had learned the Torah. He had imbibed it. He had imbibed the culture. He had been praying. His father has been teaching him. God has been teaching him. He was sharing the word. Oh, these are days that many of our young people, age 10, 12, 15, even some of us as adults, we don't even know the Bible. We don't even understand it. We are secondhand Christians. Starting right the Jesus way, will you be able to know the scriptures and not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that you would know, you engage, you sit among religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And all who hear you are amazed at your understanding of scriptures and the answers. Let that be God's way of directing you so you can find your niche and find your level and minister to this lost and dying generation. Because you know the word of God, you know that the things that are around you, the coronavirus, the omnichrome, and the alphas, and the omega, all these things will come and they'll go. All the economic disasters, all the things that they say, the conspiracy theories, all the things you know that from Matthew 24 and 25, Jesus said all these signs will come. But that is not the end. And so when people are saying all kinds of things, interpreting scripture, you tell them, did the Lord say this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. So don't let your heart be troubled. 
because you believe in me. So you believe in God. Jesus had knowledge and surprised many, and nobody could afford to despise his youthfulness. But when they questioned him, when, I mean, naturally, the parents, the parents were concerned. His parents didn't know what to think. Verse 48. His mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. Hallelujah. Yes, that's the normal reaction of every responsible parent. They looked for the child. They didn't find the child. And they saw the child. They rebuked the child. They corrected the child. Oh, spare the rod and spoil the child. There are some so-called modern educational, education people theory. Don't rebuke people. Don't tell them they are wrong. Let them do whatever they want to do. If it feels good, do it. You don't want anybody to correct you. Oh, my friend, you are doing the wrong thing. You are telling lies. You are into sin. You are into fornication. You are not doing the right thing. You don't want anybody to rebuke you. You find yourself going into a ditch. Jesus, rebu Jesus was rebuked as a child by his parents. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic looking everywhere for you. That's how a mother talks to the child, rebuking the child. And Jesus took it in his stride. But interesting, you see his answer in 49 and 50. Okay, so you see here again, his mother, I mean, the, 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 let me go back. The seventh thing we learn is that even his parents misunderstood this mission. They misunderstood it. And they will misunderstand you. But so long as he lived under their roof, you see what happens. So what did he do? Verse 8. I'm sorry, step number 8. He educated his parents about his mission. 49. But why did you need to search? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Yes, I must be in my father's house. Here's the child now educating his parents. So the parents did their part. The child is also doing their part respectfully. That is what we call constructive engagement. A 12-year-old boy or now man engaging the parents. The parents accepting responsibility that you are still under our roof and therefore we must care about you. No, there's something that I see as very strange or very odd. And let me just say it out here. You see, I've been in meetings when my wife would call, where are you? Where are you? I said, oh, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And someone said, oh, so they do that to you also? Yeah. I take it as a sign of love and of accountability. Somebody loves you. They want to know where you are. But there are some, when your spouse, your husband, your wife asks you, where are you? Where are you? So why are you asking me? Why am I a baby? Am I a toy? Am I this and that? Where are you? I've seen people as pastor. I'm here standing with them in the washroom. Somebody asks, where are you? I'm in Kumasi. Meanwhile, they're in Accra, telling lies. Oh, my brother, my sister, let that not be your lifestyle. People who care about you are concerned about you, and they find out something about you. And if you have to clarify for them what you think your mission is, let them know. They may disagree with you, but they can agree to disagree without being disagreeable. So the parents rebuked. Jesus affirmed his role and his call. 
Do you know what God has called you to be? Do you know what he has called you to do? And are you able to let others know that this is God's calling in my life? So we see his recognition from that early age, what he's supposed to be. Most children by 8, 10, 12, already have a pattern of what God has fashioned them to be. Are you training your child? Can you see that child's destiny? And are you affirming them to be what God wants them to be? Two more things, and they will be done. The eighth thing we see here, Jesus obeyed his parents, and that was striking. But they didn't understand what he meant. Verse 51, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. He returned with them. So he gets the rebuke. He affirmed what he thought his mission was. But finally, he returned with them to go and still be with them and be a son, a child of the house. And then I end on the last verse where I started from. His growth was, in, was balanced growth, had favor with both God and man. That's our Lord Jesus. Friends, can you learn something about these steps that the Lord took to lead a balanced life? That is why we worship him as Lord. When he has granted you another opportunity, start right. Learn lessons from the young Jesus and let it guide you through 2022. And your life will be a fragrant aroma. Stay blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Bay. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyal Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.